Good evening and welcome to the Midnight Mystery Theater as we present another Atari tale of terror, suspense, and mystery. This evening's salty saga peppered with pilfering pirates on prime time is entitled uh, The Case of the Missing Booty. The Midnight Mystery Theater is brought to you by Flexer and Frankel, the cheese adjustment people. Have you had your cheese adjusted today? If not, why not? And now act one of The Case of the Missing Booty. I'm Gil Sabin, semi-professional seafood inspector. It's a dirty, stinking business full of lonely nights of staring out into the rainy neon night with nothing but a bottle and a down payment on a heartbreak to get me through a miserable life of fishy frauds and scaly scallywags. Daddy, Daddy, read us a story! Daddy, read us a story! And boy, do I ever miss it. Wanda, perhaps you would like to sing a song for Mommy and Daddy. I saw Mommy kissing Superman. Perhaps a story. We want a story with a princess and romance. Well, now, you mean a bedtime story. Gil. That's must. We want a story with pirates and adventure. That's aggressive male antisocial behaviors, Tadpole. We want romance. Adventure. Romance! I know a story that has both. Gil, honey, why don't you tell the kids the story of how we met? All righty. Once upon a time in a magic land called Tijuana, there was a princess who got into a drunken brawl with a one-legged stripper. Gil, I've never been to Tijuana. Who's down with Goldilocks and the three bagels? Uh, do you have anything that doesn't include fish? No. Gil, how could you be so stupid? Clarissa, I ask myself the same question every year on our anniversary. Once upon a time, there was a strange land called California. And in this strange land, there was a very strange kingdom called Television City, where there was a game show called The Mating Game. Johnny? That's right, kids. It's The Mating Game. The groovy out-of-sight game show in which three groovy, uptight, far-out, sideburned, and cologne-soaked bachelors will try to win a day with a groovy bachelorette. And now, here he is, the star of the show and your host, Pete Prozac! <laughs> and now, this word from our sponsor. Are you kidding? Who would sponsor us? Hello. Shelly Kellerman for Hideous Valley Ranch. Now with more luscious chunks of blue cheese and a rich, creamy dressing. Hideous Valley. The taste is in the chunks. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> and now back to me and the mating game. Okay, gang, let's meet our three groovy hip right on what's happening, bachelors. Bachelor number one is an unemployed cathedral salesman from Plastic Bottles, New Jersey. He digs 10-year-old scotch tape, annoying people at baby showers, and taking poinsettias to Pentecostal strip club. Bachelor number two hails from Lake Genetically Inferior, Idaho, where he teaches a course on the poetry of Suzanne Summers at Michael Bolton Junior College. He digs 17th century French romantic literature, cuddling with his puppy dog Sparkles by the Fire, and Monster Trucks in the Nude. Yeah. Bachelor number three is a semi-professional seafood inspector. Semi-professional seafood inspector? 
Man, who screens these weirdos? <laughs> As you know, our lovely bachelorette is in a soundproof booth backstage. I am? Who the heck are you? I'm the bachelorette, Mrs. Vivian Peachmont Bedwell. <laughs> Mrs.? You're married? For the crime being. That all depends on how the date stacks up if you catch my meaning. I do believe you do, you naughty devil, you. <laughs> no, I do not. I live in my parents' basement with the little woman. Dude, you live at your parents with your wife? No, by little woman, I mean a Barbie doll. <laughs> hey, that even creeps me out. Okay, all ready for your first question, Miss Peachmont Bedwell? Super, fire away. My first question is, could I have another martini? <laughs> no, Mrs. Peachmont Bedwell, I meant a question for our groovy swinging right on hip bachelors. Bachelor number two, could I have another martini? I sure would be stirred if you were shaken. Ooh. Ah. What the hell is that supposed to mean? That I'm a lush? Come out from behind that wall and say that to my face, you filthy Yankee coward! As we say in the game show game, calm on down! Mrs. Peachmont Bedwell, please understand that answer was written by our professional writing staff who had no idea that you're a lush. My sincere and humble apologies to the filthy Yankee coward. Bachelor number one, are you a cross-dressing paranoid schizophrenic psychopath? Yes. Bachelor number two, are you a disc jockey? Yes. Bachelor number three, do you smell like fish? Yes. I'll take bachelor number one. That tears it. Nobody chooses Gil Salmon for a date. That's right. She didn't choose you. She chose me. Then she chose stupid. Because number one, I choose my own dates. Number two... Yes? Number two is wearing a dress. Actually, bachelor number one is wearing a dress. Then what is... It's a utility kilt. Number two is wearing a dress with a hammer. Which is moot because evidently the lady is not aware bachelor number... Me is a stud. Ooh! Ah! Evidently! So what is your question, bachelor number? Me? We know you're loaded, but are you loaded? Oh my! A loaded question! Yes, my husband is THE Peachmont Bedwell of Peachmont Bedwell Industries. The people who make Halloween hats for dogs! <laughs> you must be rolling in it. Yes, we also make the pooper scoopers. I'll take the married bachelorette floozy with the dog money. Not so groovy bachelors number one and two. Better luck next time. But remember, gang, there are no losers on our show. What about you, Pete? You get your freak on with nine inches of pink manufactured ASB plastic in a tiny blonde wig. And never a dull moment. <laughs> I am one sick poodle, baby. Vivian Peachmont Bedwell, it looks like you've hooked yourself a salmon. Gil Salmon, come and meet your date. Well, hello, my God. What's the matter, Buster? Haven't you ever seen a southern belle of the ball before? Could we just skip the date and I take home some snappy lawn furniture? Come give your honey lamb a great big sloppy kiss. I would rather be stuffed with imitation crab meat. 
Are you two artificial lovebirds ready? Ready for what? Celibacy? Super! Because you two groovy fill-in-the-blanks will be going on an out-of-sight groovy cruise in the pirate-infested waters of the Caribbean on the Love Boat! Ooh! Ah! And so our hero, the... Set sail on the high seas, but the love boat was not the only vessel bounding over the main. Yo ho ho, and a bottle of expensive French water! Avast, ye turn the yard arm off the floe by starboard, smartly off the dirty scurvin' scumwaggers, me mate, quick bag. Aye, tis so, Long Tom Tinsel. Me timbers be shivved by bunghole, thar ye sprogs. Aye, quick peg. Did you understand one word of what we just said? No, I did not. Probably something to do with large quantities of alcohol and boating. <laughs> what a bunch of dummies. Here comes the captain. Energy, people. Gather round me, darling buccaneers. Work with me, people. Shut your porthole, Jolly Rodney. Sir, I am the cruise director. A cruise director on a pirate ship? Is there no lack of dignity left? Who is the most reviled, redoubtable, rotten pirate who ever took a breath of salt air, not to mention the ill-gotten booty of many an honest seafarer, in the name of piracy? Bernie, the accountant! I... that's true. Bernie can work a pretty slick deduction, but let's just say, for the sake of me winning the argument, who is the most powerful man aboard this ship? Ramon, Ramon the, the fashion, fashion coordinator. coordinator! Granted, Ramon can be an integral part of the proceedings. I mean, really, who knows what to wear to a pillage? Uh, let me rephrase the question. Who is the most feared pirate ever to infest the seven seas? Mary dear, the buccaneer. Her? Please do be serious, me seafaring lovelies. That woman is an imposter. A cheap imitator who plays falsely at the game of piracy. A veritable masquerade of cream puffery. Let me re-rephrase the question. Who is captain of this ship? Captain Hook. Not hook, hork! Hork? Not hook, hork? Hook, not hork! Hook, I mean, hork, not hook! Hork, I hook, I mean, I... So long, Jits, I can row me self ashore. Who the devil is that? Uh, that would be a harker. Uh, I hope you had your fill of port debaucheries, me hearties, because we shan't drop anchor again until I get my sweet revenge for the man who is responsible for my living a life of shameful piracy. The man who turned me in for having the gefiltefish blessed by a phony rabbi. Flashback. Flashback. Theme from Fiddler on the Roof. Theme from Fiddler on the Roof. Oi fey! Such official orthodox authentic gefiltefish I am inspecting here. Oh, really? Quick, what's the covenant of Yahweh? Yahoo! I thought so, Hook. Impersonating a rabbi is serious business, goy boy. Not Hook, Hork! Now, now you keep that enormous sea monster away from me, do you hear me? It's just my pet oyster, Ollie. Relax, Hork, he won't... <laughs> bite. Oh, boy. You're going to need a really good insurance plan. 
Enough already! Enough already! Are you mean... I... Gil Salmon, semi-professional seafood inspector. I should not rest one week until I have horked my great white salmon. Both sides behind me! Mary Tear, the Buccaneer! I thought we went over that! No, Captain. She's standing behind you. I ought to cut you ever bait, you silver-tongued son of a biscuit! Ah! Greetings and salutations, Mary Tear. You're a smell for sore noses. Oh, never at a loss for blarney, you thieving monkey in brass buttons. Hello? She can't pronounce her R's. And to what pleasure do I owe a visitation from such an uh, esteemed colleague in the art of piracy? None of your perfume speechery, you self-glorified cabin boy. You're not the only one who would like to get his hooks into salmon. For he is also culpable for me turning into a disreputable life of piracy. Many years ago in Belfast I ran a nice little Protestant fish bar called Prod Mary's. Flashback. Flashback. It's just like you reported, Gil. Prod Mary's flounder pinwheel stand has been used in previously frozen fish. Blimey, I should have stuck with a tuna. Now it's you who's going in the can. What did I tell you? I know, I know. Prog Mary's wheels keep on tuna. I'm turning you in, kid. Now come along, miss. I'll get my revenge, fish cop! End of flashback. End of flashback. Captain, ye starboard yon sight ship ahoy be trimby, eh? What? what? Oh, that's the love boat over there. And get us salmons on it. Oh! Mary, I can't understand ye. She can't pronounce her R's. Gil Salmon can go straight to L. I understood that one. We anchor. Love, exciting and... You there, sailor boy. Here's my cabin key. Make a copy for each male member of the crew under 30 and over whatever's legal on a boat. Relatively new. Ma'am, I'm the ship's purser. They call me Groper. I'm Mrs. Peachmont Bedwell. One grope out of you and they will be calling you felon. Boy, he's a jolly good felon. And he's rated... But don't wander too far. I may need my delusions of grandeur massaged. This is my first trip as a married woman, so I anticipate joys yet unimagined. See to it my chest full of insanely expensive jewelry is secured in the VIP hold. I shall attend to this myself, madam. Tell the captain he may join me in my room for supper and tell him to dress for dinner. I don't want to look at any naked sailors while I'm eating my jello. Uh, Ma'am, the captain has specifically requested your presence at the captain's table this evening. All right, where's the old lush with the dog money? <laughs> the captain's a great kidder. Hi, my name is Clarissa Clamore. I will be your squeaky clean love boat cruise director. Hi, I would like to give a great big warm and special love boat welcome to our special VIP guests, from the mating game to the captain's table, you two jerks, creeps. I beg your pardon? Clarissa has, uh... Two rats? Frankly, my dear, we, we don't, don't give a, a damn. damn. That's right. Debbie has two rats. And they both don't give a damn. Jerk. A loser. And this is your captain, Angus McPutrid. 
Never mind that, lass. I passed the porch blue bulls of Scotland. Yes, well, that doesn't make you sick. We had the Disco Shake Your Booty Dance Contest. Mr. Salmon. Yes, Mrs. Peachmont Bedwell. I do believe a silver moon and balmy tropical breezes are conducive to romance. <laughs> That's usually how it goes, lady. I will be sure to tell you if I find any. Until then, I'll be in my cups if anybody needs me. Good night. Uh, good, good night, lass. I pass the haggis, you lazy slug of a gooey duck. What is this we are eating? Like you dunnikin. The way you've been putting it away, Lady Buck, you'd think you were the Loch Ness Dumpster. <laughs> Loch Ness Dumpster, eh? That's a good one, Angus. That cheap guts with a dash of tarragon. <laughs> Let me introduce everyone at the captain's table, shall I? Give it to me one more time, oh baby. Love on the rocks. Oh man, take a look at my life. That was the captain and two Neils. Yo ho ho! What in the hell is that? Pirates. It's time for our Shake Your Booty contest. <laughs> what was that? I better go check on it. Could be trouble. Sweet mother of Bluebeard. What is it, Gil? This is Mrs. Peachmont Bedwell's treasure chest. Should we go tell her? You won't have to. Mrs. Peachmont Bedwell is in it. You, back to the captain's table and act like nothing happened while I look for clues. It would seem my date has been murdered and her booty is missing. And so concludes Act One of A Case of a Missing Booty. And now let's hear this important word from Flexer and Frankel, the cheese adjustment people. Party! I'm really looking forward to this, Martha. Just don't go into the bit. Bit? What are you talking about, George? About my wooden teeth. Ha! George Washington's bridge! Uh, ben Franklin, I thought I told you to go fly a kite. Good evening, Mr. President. Did you bring some of that Flexner and Franklin revolutionary brie? Val Revere's on the way with it. The brie dish is coming! The brie dish is coming! Have you had your cheese adjusted today? If not, why not? And now, the thrilling conclusion of The Case of the Missing Booty. And so our incredibly handsome and charming hero had missing booty to fish for and a murderer to reel in. You know, some people are born in a trunk. Mrs. Peachmont Bedwell died in one. See what kind of son our incredibly handsome and charming storyteller is raising, Gil? Yes, I do. As I was saying, Captain Hook, Ork. Ork, and his motley crew of pirates boarded the love boat to... To capture their booty? No, to shake their booty. Did someone say disco dance party? Celebrate good times, come on! What in the name of St. Andrew's Bulls do we have here? Permission to come aboard, Captain! Hey, since when did a pirate ever ask permission for anything? You seen-stealing son of a Barbary Coast oyster. I ask you nicely. Once, not to ever say the word oyster, the O word in my presence again. I have a rather personal aversion to bivalve mollusks. Beg your pardon if I seem terse just now. I'll have you begging for more than my pardon when you taste me cutlass, you pirates of pissants. You know, for a fun-in-the-sun cruise ship, Captain, you have a most disagreeable temperament. I'm Captain Angus McPutrid, 
My father was a barnacle and my mother was a... Don't shake that part! A bivalve mollusk! I'd be more than happy to toss the whole lot of you bloody pirates in the brig. You have a brig on the love boat. I don't know. Let me ask our cruise director. Clarissa, do we have a brig? Remember that guy who did the Britney Spears medley on karaoke night? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ow! Yeah. What? what? She can't say her R's. If it's Mrs. Peachmont Bedwell booty you want, I'm afraid you're too late. It's missing. Our purser Groper has looked stem to stern. I looked in my room. I didn't find a stem or a stern. No booty? Apparently you weren't out on the dance floor. Are you really a pirate? Yeah. Can you define pirate? Because I spent the last two and a half hours shopping for a fashion eye patch in our duty-free shop. You have a duty-free shop on a pirate ship? I load the cannons and point them at these pirates! Settle down, my good captain. Meriteer has a funny way about her. Tis true, I have led a horrid and wicked life. And I'd like to get back to it as soon as possible. I am aware we nautical privateers have a less than sainted reputation bandied about, but the fact of the matter is we don't wish anything of material value whatsoever. You see, it's only a certain passenger we want. It's me duty as captain of this ship to protect me passengers with me own life, sir. We want Gil Salmon. Ah, he's all yours. I mind ye, to feed him you'll be needing a bloody snow shovel. Well, well, well. So we meet again, Mary Tear the Buccaneer. Oh. How's that? Can't say her R's. Well, Mary, I see your warts have outnumbered your teeth. None of your sweet talk, Gil Salmon. I suppose you have a recollection of me, Mr. Salmon. No. When I take out the trash, I don't expect them to bring it back. Why don't we toss him to the sharks, Captain Hork, and be done with him? Because that would be too gentle of a way for Mr. Salmon to leave this life on the sea. For you see, this man is responsible for my loss of a very important appendage. What? What's so important? You have your arms and your legs and... Ooh. This is personal. I want this man to suffer, and suffer terribly he shall. Fine. I'll take on these Gilbert and Sullivan rejects. Say, Liberace called. He says he wants his shirts back. Give them to me, Hork. When I get through with Mr. Sam and Davy Jones will have a new locker partner. Nay, let me cross blades with him. I'll make Salmonella out of him. <laughs> make ready, mateys. And clap Mr. Salmon in irons. What has you so all fired keen on revenge, Hork? That little gefiltafish rabbi scam you tried to pull in Salt Lake City? I didn't make the rules, Captain. You did the brine. You do the time. It meant scandal and ruin and being stuck with 150 crates of the worst culinary cultural obligation since Lucaface. You have to answer to me, Gil Salmon. Gil, what is this female bluebeard to you? Nothing that a thousand nights of drinking out of a bourbon bottle couldn't fix. You mean you carried a torch for her? No, I like bourbon. Gil had my fish peddling license revoked. Why don't you tell Clarissa what's really getting at you, Mary? You see, 
many years ago, when I was much younger. Flashback. Flashback. Mary Tear, it looks like you've hooked yourself a salmon. Gil Salmon, come and meet your date. Well, hello, my God. What's the matter, Buster? You never smelled perfume before? Not Chinook number five. What do you have behind door number two? My parents. Could we just skip the date and I take home a snappy salad spinner? Come give your hot little mermaid a great, big, sloppy I would rather take accordion lessons from a suicidal ventriloquist. <laughs> Are you two artificial lovebirds ready? Ready for what? A monastery? Because you two are going to Orlando, Florida, where you'll be spending a week at Mr. T's theme park, Dummyland! <laughs> Flashback part two. Flashback part two. You are on the Dummyland Railroad. Duh. Gil, let's go on the Mr. Teacups. Start spinning, fool. Gil, where'd you go? Gil! Gil! End of flashback part two. End of flashback part two. Ditched me on my first date with a non-relative. You haven't changed a note from the same old Gil Salmon tune. Welcome to the tempest of my lifelong sorrow. Show your steel! We are taking the ship! <laughs> Be delighted. Could I borrow a sword? Trust me, you'll get it back. Did I hear someone say they were taking my ship? I don't take ship from anybody. But in your case, we'll make an exception! Show Cutlass, you great big Scottish jellyfish! Are you with me, Captain McPutrid? But I'll have you know, I'm skipping my workout in the gym with me personal trainer for this. Take no prisoners. Awkward. Hey, damn the torn speedos. Celebrate short fights. Come on. Nobody leave the ship. I now know who murdered Mrs. Peachmont Bedwell. Gasp. I was waiting for just the right clue, and although I usually deal with low-life fish swindlers that would curdle your guts, I applied my well-trained semi-professional seafood inspector's forensic skills in identifying the culprit. Whoever murdered the lady also stole her booty. Last time I checked, this is still my ship, Mr. Salmon, and as such, it is my sworn duty to run any and all investigations of criminal activity. I see. You mean the hours of writing detailed reports when you could be in your quarters consuming inhuman amounts of scotch whiskey and cursing the royal family? Proceed. When Mrs. Peachmont Bedwell went to retrieve her expensive liquor from her trunk in the VIP hold, she was confronted with the thief and killer who strangled her to death and put the body in the imitation trunk and dragged it on deck to toss it overboard and out to sea forever, but just didn't have enough time. That killer is right here, right now. Gasp! I'm talking about the only person who ever really loved me, who would do anything she could to stop a romance that was as pointless as a salad bar in Texas. Me? You, Clarissa? Uh, yes, Gil. I will love you forever. Jerk! Uh, yes, uh, well, I... You're I... saying this, Peppy sorority princess with a curling iron dew is a 
cold-blooded killer and a thief. Well, I know she's a thief because she stole my heart. But she's no killer. And who is the killer? The only pirate in your crew of men who doesn't wear earrings. Until now, Mrs. Peachmont Bedwell's earrings. Damn your soul, Gil Salmon. Loving another to torture me. There's your killer, Mary Tear the Buccaneer. Double gasp! But that doesn't make sense. How could she have done all that before the pirates even boarded the love boat? Because Mary Tear rode a dinghy through the shark-infested waters and boarded ship before her shipmates. Sure I killed the rich old money bag, and I will kill any woman who dates Gil Salmon. Ha! Watch out, Clarissa! Ah! Woman overboard! Lure the life raft! Too late to save her, Captain. Didn't you see Jaws? Another case solved for Gil Salmon, semi-professional seafood inspector. And so, kids, the handsome prince sailed off into the sunset with the beautiful princess, more or less. Whatever happened to the booty? Oh, that. Your mother didn't let me get my hands on that until we were married, just to keep me in... Suspense. And so concludes the case of a missing booty. The Midnight Mystery Players are Charles Crowley, Aaron Day, Tony Driscoll, Jason Grant, Sarah Haskell, Chris Matthews, Jeff Nelson, and John Ruoff. The sound effects were created by David McCorkle. Music by Bob Blumenthal. The engineer was Chris Spencer, recorded at Sophia Hat Studio. The Case of the Missing Booty was written and directed by John Ruoff. This is your announcer, Johnny Say. Join us again next time for another tawdry tale of terror. Suspense and mystery.